the Bible Study Podcast, episode 505. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Ephesians with chapter 4. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Continuing on with chapter 4 today, talking about unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So one of the things, a couple words there that are obvious in terms of their repetition, one, one spirit, one body, one faith, one hope, right? There's an emphasis here on unity, on remembering that this is not just my faith, this is not just my faith experience, but I'm called to be part of something bigger. I'm called to be part of the body of Christ. And when we say the body of Christ, we're talking about the church, not the building, but the people. And this church which represents Christ on earth. Paul starts here with as a prisoner for the Lord. So he's he's really calling in some favors here. He's saying, I want you to remember where I am. I'm in prison. I'm in prison because I've been preaching the gospel, including places like Ephesus. Right? I'm in prison for you. And so because of that, I don't feel bad, Paul doesn't feel bad here, calling on them to also live a life worthy, right? He says, you also have been called, you've been called to do things, you've been called to ministry, you've been called to be part of this body, so live a life worthy of it. And then his definition of worthy, he gets into a bit when he talks about being humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, all of those sort of things, all of those are related sort of things, right? The person who is patient, it's easier to be gentle. The person who is humble, it's easier to be patient, right? We're humble when we remember that the world does not revolve around us, when we remember our correct place. Not this false humility that says, I can't do anything, right? That's not, exo- that's not at all what he's telling us to do. He's telling us we've in fact been called to something. But this humility that understands that I am not more important to God than you are, than anybody else is. And when we are humble, then it's easy for us to be gentle and patient and to bear with one another. When we understand that we are also flawed, when we are also, we are also incomplete, then it's easier for us to see that in others and say, well, yeah, me too. So bear with one another in love. So put up with each other, even when we're imperfect, because we love one another. And so he says, Remember that. Remember you've been called. Remember to be humble. And then make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So we are called to work for unity in the church. We're called to remember that and to work for the fact that we are one body serving one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all. Because he is over all and through all and in all. This is all about him. This isn't about us. Then he says, but, but, now we talked about how we're all one. We've talked about how we're all united, but 
To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why he says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is quite a lot to unpack here, but let's look at this in part. There's this whole thing about Christ descending and descending. I think that is not actually the main portion of this, the name, the main point of this chapter, main point of these paragraphs. The main point of these paragraphs, he's pulling that out because he's got a quote here, and this quote is from Psalm 68. That's that quote with, when he ascended on high, took many captives, and gave gifts to his people. The emphasis, though, is really on those gifts to his people, right? Because he says, you're all one, but... Grace has been given to you, apportioned by Christ. So some get more, some get less. Not equal, right? We've got one faith, one Lord, one baptism, but we've got different gifts, right? He gave some to be apostles. Those who are sent out from the church, apostolos means to be sent. The prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, very different skills, very different gifts, but all with one church but all towards one end to equip his people for works of service. So he's put all of these people in place, not that they would do all the work, but so they would equip the people to do the work of service, right? We're all called to one body and that body is called to service. And he has given different gifts to different people to build up the body, to fulfill that goal so that we can be a body of Christ that is performing works of service until we reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, until we become mature, until we obtain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He longs for his people, all of his people, to become mature. Not just knowledgeable, although that's part of it, but mature in the sense that, in the same way you think about a child, children don't just learn things, but they are capable of doing more things, right? They also take on more and more responsibility as they grow up. And that's how we're using maturity here is we're becoming mature. We're becoming a functional part of the body. And there's some other things too that he's looking for. And he goes on and says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay, so we're not supposed to be infants. Now, if you think about an infant, one of the things that's really funny about an infant in some ways is how changeable their moods are, right? If you think about a child, a child can be just screaming bloody murder, unhappy, and then you can do something silly, and they may be laughing and giggling the next moment. 
that's just what children are like. Their moods change very quickly. They can be distracted. And he says, I don't want you to be distracted in the same way by clever teaching. I don't want you to go here and there as you hear this new teacher talking about this doctrine and that new teacher talking about that doctrine. That's not what maturity is. Maturity is understanding the general picture, understanding where we fit in, and understanding what we're supposed to do, and not just getting all buffeted about by waves and blown here and there. Okay? Instead, speaking the truth in love. Instead, we are called to speak the truth, we're called to grow, and we're called each part of this body to do its work. And this is one of the different places in the New Testament where we refer to the church as a body, in meaning different but one, right? Different pieces, different roles, but all of this with the idea that the body is trying to accomplish something and that we are different in order to better enable the body to perform its service, to do what Christ wants the body of Christ to do, to do what Christ wants the church to do. That's the Great Commission. That's teaching. That's caring. That's all of those different things. We are joined together and held together and built up together and growing together so that we can accomplish something as a church, as Christians. We're going to save the rest of chapter four for later. This took a little longer than I was thinking, but we'll do this in two parts. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.